to the book of Exodus, chapter 20. If you don't have a Bible, we have some Bibles in the seat backs in front of you. Uh, feel free to open up with one. Use that one. Exodus chapter 20, our verse for today is verse 16. We will read verses 1 through 16 for context. We're continuing our walk through Exodus, and um, over the last couple of weeks, we have been here in the uh, Ten Commandments. Let's go ahead and read our passage for today, verses 1 through 16. It says, And God spoke all these words, saying, I am the Lord your God, who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of slavery. You shall have no other gods before me. You shall not make for yourself a carved image or anything, any likeness of anything that is in heaven above or that is in the earth beneath or that is in the water under the earth. You shall not bow down to them or serve them, for I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God, visiting the iniquities of the fathers on the children to the third and fourth generation of those who hate me, but showing steadfast love to thousands of those who love me and keep my commandments." You shall not take the name of the Lord your God in vain, for the Lord will not hold him guiltless who takes his name in vain. Remember, remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. On it you shall, do, you shall not do any work, you or your sons or your daughters, your male servant or your female servant or your livestock or the sojourner who is within your gates. For in six days the Lord made the heaven and the earth, the sea, and all that is in them, and rested on the seventh day. Therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and made it holy. Honor your father and your mother, that your days may be long in the land that the Lord your God has given, has given you. You shall not murder, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not steal, you shall not bear false witness against your neighbor. That is the word of the Lord. Let us pray before we get into this passage today. Dear Holy Father, we thank you, Lord, again for this time that you've given. We pray that you bless your word, that uh, your word rings true, that your sheep hear your voice and they follow, that uh, whatever is not of you or of your word falls by the wayside and on deaf ears. But our prayer today is that you are proclaimed faithfully, uh, that your word remains true, and that your people just begin to love you even more uh, through our understanding of who you are and, and these commandments that you have given. This is our prayer, and we ask for this in Jesus' name. Amen. So our verse for today, once again, is you shall not bear false witness against your neighbor. Most of us understand this to mean that thou shalt not lie, uh, and this is true. This is a, a true statement. We should not lie. It is sinful to lie. God cannot lie, and we are told to be imitators of God. Our message today is entitled The, the Sanctity of Truth because uh, truth must be protected. Jesus tells us that he is the way, the truth, and the life, and no one comes to the Father except through him. During his high priestly uh, prayer in John 17, he prays to the Father, sanctify them in truth. Your word is truth. Truth and what is true should be of utmost importance in our life. Why? Well, in John 8, Jesus, speaking to the crowd, says, If you abide in my word, you are truly my disciples, and you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. Truth is reliable, it is consistent, it is continual, it is firm, it is faithful, it is sure, it is stable, and ultimately it comes from God. 
Now, to bear false witness goes against everything that God has commanded. And is shown, uh, God has, excuse me, it is, goes against everything God has commanded and that he has shown us through his son. In Revelation 1, verse 5, John describes Jesus as the faithful witness, the true witness. To be false essentially means to go against everything that God has commanded. Everything outside of what is true is, is false. If, if we know one plus one is two, every other number when giving an answer to that question is false. Right? It doesn't matter if it's 2.1 or 1.9. Every other number besides two, when we're asking that question, is false. With that in mind, we kind of think about the word of God. We can't add to it, take away. It's God's word is true. We should be faithful when we present his word. So going back to the ninth commandment, we're going to talk today about what is forbidden in that. It's, it's bearing false witness, lying, or even speaking unjustly against our neighbor. Not only that, we have also been required to protect truth and uh, to promote truth in our relationships with our neighbors. Now, when we talk about neighbors, our neighbor is any other human being that walks the face of this earth, whether they're family, friends, a stranger, or even our enemies. That is who our, our neighbor is. So our sermon summary today, with all that in mind, our sermon, sermon summary is this. We should have it. Yeah, we have it up there. It is speaking the truth and love builds up. Bearing false witness tears down. It's pretty simple. Speaking the truth in love builds up. Bearing false witness tears down. So first we're going to look at what violates this commandment, and then we will look at what is required of us in this commandment. So let's talk about that. What, what does it mean to be a false witness, and what are violations of this commandment? Well, when we look at this verse within its context, it's given to the Hebrew people. Uh, on, on the Mount of si si Mount Sinai, and it's 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 a, a command that's given specifically uh, for the uh, a, a a court of law. When when there's a wit when there's accusers against and there's a crime, this law was given to uh, this this was given for the uh, testimony of a court of law. Right when we are told to not bear false witness, to do so would be to intentionally falsify uh, your testimony against someone else. So this definition of this verse, uh, specifically in the strictest sense, would be perjury, right? what we understand of lying in court, lying under oath. This can be done in multiple ways. One way that we are, one way this is done, bearing false witness or perjuring, uh, pur purging yourself would be by distorting the truth, by distortion. This is one way to bear false witness. When you distort the truth, you are twisting it to tell your own story. Another way would be misrepresentation. This is leaving out aspects of the truth. You're misrepresenting the story that, that as, as you saw it, what you saw, you're misrepresenting that or someone, right? It's like if, you, if someone was asking you, hey, what do you think about this person? And you know 10 things about them, 10, 10 good things and 10 not so good things. And you decide, you know what, I want to, I don't like this person because of these five things they've done. I, I'm, I'm just not going to share these five good things. I'm just going to share the five bad things that I know. This is misrepresenting that person, right? You are omitting aspects of the truth uh, to, to paint a, a poor picture of this other person. So we have distorting the truth, misrepresenting the truth, or even speaking out of negligence, which is assuming the truth. This would be like if uh, those of you who know me or whoever, and, and someone's like, man, Laramie did this. And you're like, well, of course he did. I'm, I know that about him. History would prove that to be true. I don't have to see it. But from his track record, I know that he would do that, right? That, that's, that's assuming 
the truth. You don't know. You didn't see it firsthand, right? You didn't see what actually happened. You are just assuming the truth. You are speaking out of negligence. Now, these are three different ways that we bear false witness. And this is, in essence, why when we go to a court of law or you watch a, a TV show, a court TV show, and they're sworn in, they are told to give the, the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth, right? The truth. Give me the truth. Well, not just the truth. All of it and don't leave anything out, right? Just the truth, right? We don't misrepresent the truth. We don't omit the truth. We don't distort it. We just give the facts. What, what do I know about this situation? With that same thing in mind, if we're thinking about a, a court of law, uh, something that is written into our law book, into our, um, our laws, as well as the Hebrew law, was this thought of being innocent until proven guilty. You had to be proven guilty in Hebrew times by... Uh, the evidence of two or three witnesses. There had to be people to corroborate your story. The same applies today, right? If we think about all the accusations that get thrown around today, people automatic, automatically assume guilt before they assume someone is, is innocent. But what God has told us, we don't assume the truth, right? We, we take what is given to us and then we research, right? We just don't automatically, oh yeah, well of course that person did that. They've done it before, right? Why wouldn't they do it again? That is assuming the truth. Uh, if we hear these things, there, there should be some level of, of us holding, withholding our opinion until all facts are presented. With the, uh, once again, going back to the, the Hebrew time, the, the Hebrew people lived in a, what is called a theocracy. I'm sure most of us know the term democracy. This word democracy comes from two Greek words that mean ruled by people. Uh, a theocracy, like with the word theology, is the, the uh, words of God, the study of God. This is a God-ruled society. God set his laws, and they were to live by those, not, not by a governing authority outside of God. So with, with this in mind, this was a serious uh, commandment that, that God has given to not bear false witness because there was a lot of crimes that could be committed that would be the end of someone's life. If someone kidnapped someone, if they raped someone, if they murdered someone, if they even committed negligent homicide, uh, all these things would, would be the, the death of that person. If you were a witness and you gave a true testament, a testimony of what you saw according to that situation, that could potentially end someone's life, right? So if you were to give a false witness, if you were to bear false witness against that person, it was also written within the laws for if you were proven to be false, whatever crime you were accusing that person of, you would receive that penalty. If you accuse someone of murdering someone and the penalty of that was death, you would receive death by being a false witness. Uh, if you said somebody stole something from you, whatever, whatever the penalty of that, that theft was, that penalty would be owed from you for bearing false witness against, against someone. So we see truth is held at a very high standard in the eyes of God, and, and it should be in the eyes of his people. And if this is true, we must understand that we should be people who never distort the truth, we should never misrepresent the truth, and we should never speak out of negligence. We should never assume uh, the truth as well, we should, or assume falsehoods. We should always uh, be people seeking truth, never distorting it, never misrepresenting it, and never speaking out of negligence. So what we can conclude about this as well, if we think about this is what bearing false witness is in the strictest sense, we can also conclude that the heart of the one who would do these things is someone who would be selfish, self-righteous, uh, miserable, or even destructive, someone who is seeking to destroy someone else. 
So this would mean if this is the strictest sense of the word of, of the type of heart behind this, these actions, in a general sense, bearing false witness would also include one who speaks in a selfish manner, in a self-righteous manner, a, someone who is miserable or, or speaks in a de destructive way of his neighbor. Doing these things in that way would also be bearing false witness. In doing so, the definition of this would also include other things like um, slander, a slandering someone, gossiping, even if it is true what we are sharing, backbiting or backstabbing, Prejudicial discrimination, whether it be ethnic or just the way someone looks, how much money they have, how, how much they weigh, whatever the, the thing is, prejudging them before you know who they are. That's assuming with negligence. Uh, it would also be insincerity. If we come to church and we put our church face on, right, and we come in the door, we're outside yelling at each other, we come in and people are like, hey, brother, how you doing? Oh, brother, I am too blessed to be stressed. I am too anointed to be disappointed. I, God, God is good, and, and I'm just loving it today, right? That is being insincere. That is bearing false witness. We are lying to our brothers and sisters in Christ who should be there to help us build each other up. That is being insincere with what God has given us. It's also concealing the truth, right? Not confessing sins, right? If we are accused of something and we know that it is true, we should confess those things. Why? God tells us, he is faithful and just to cleanse us of all unrighteousness when we confess our sins to him. But when we don't do that, we are bearing false witness. Also, flattery. Flattery is also within this framework. Why is that? Well, there's nothing wrong with giving compliments if they're true, right? There's nothing wrong with that, but flattery has ulterior motives. I'm trying to get something out of you by flattering you. I'm trying to soften you up or butter you up so you're not mad about what I'm about to tell you next or... If your kids are doing it and they want something after, after, uh, from you, right? Daddy, I love you, uh, you know, I, I, whatever. I cut the grass today, Dad. Hey, uh, right? you're, you're, you're not doing it for the glory of God. You are doing it for false motives. There's, there's a false pretense there that you are presenting this information with. Uh, that, that flattery is a form of manipulation, which is also a problem, right? When we manipulate people, we do things for selfish gain, uh, when we're trying to gain brownie points, right? If you're in the, in the doghouse because of something you did or some money you spent that you shouldn't have or whatever it is, and you're like, you know, I'm just trying to get back in my wife's good graces, so I'm going to do these things. I'm going to clean the kitchen. I'm going to wash the clothes. I'm going to whatever. You know, I'm going to tell her she looks pretty today. All these things, that, that's flattery. That's manipulation. Unless you're doing those things out of obedience to God and for his glory, you're bearing false witness. You're, you're doing these for false motives. You are lying you are you are bearing false witness even little little white lies right i don't even know why we call them little white lies it's you know oh, that doesn't mean anything that doesn't hurt anybody you know i just you know i wanted to make them feel good or they didn't need to know all of this or you know i just wanted to keep them out of the out of the loop for this uh, or whatever a little white lie is still a lie right and, and we are to be truthful right now there's nothing wrong with Someone coming to you in confidence and you keeping that information to yourself, right? And someone says, hey, what's going on? I'd rather not say, right? Just pray for them, right? Just be in prayer for them. Don't ask them anything. We're working on it. We're working through it. You, you can present the truth without sharing the information that was given to you. There's ways to do that without lying, right? We don't have to lie to each other. We can be truthful and still withhold information if it is something we should withhold information 
about. But all these things would be considered uh, violations of the ninth commandment. All of these things are done selfishly, self-righteously, <coughs> excuse me, of, out of misery or for uh, destructive reasons. Now, as we kind of read through these things, I think it's fairly clear that we would all agree with these things. But you may be someone who's like, well, you know, I understand we probably shouldn't gossip, but I don't think it's bearing false witness. False witness, if it's true, right? If I'm, I'm, I'm not really slandering someone, if I'm just sharing true information, right? If they did this and I'm sharing it with other people, how does that make it bearing false witness? Well, I want to give you an example of, of a situation, not, not that it, that's happened, uh, but a, a, just a, a parable, if you will. Uh, if, if me and my wife are at home and... and uh, and she would, she would never do this, right? She would never do this. Now, I've already, I've already gotten approval to tell this story, and it's not a true event, but just, just go with me, right? We're talking. Anyways, so uh, say we're at the house, right, and I do something dumb, or, or I don't. Say I'm just, she's having a bad day, right? And, she, and I have thin skin when it comes to my wife. I have super thin skin. Anybody else can tell me anything, and I'm, it just bounces off, but she, she can't tell me. I, I can't, we can't even joke around about stuff because I, I get offended because I, I hold her in such a high regard, right? So, uh, uh, but anyways, right, that's my excuse, I guess. Here I am. Anyway, so uh, I, it, she'll tell me something, right, that may be true, may not. She may be upset or whatever, but I get, I get offended. I'm like, oh, why would she, why would she, all I'm trying to do is love on her and, and keep this house clean or, or watch the kids or love her and, you know, and, and I get upset. So I get, I get on my phone and I text or I call Pastor Ricky or, or somebody else and I'm like, man, this wife of mine, I cannot believe she said this stuff about, like, why would she, all I was doing was this, all, that's all I was doing, and here she goes off on me because she's having a bad day, or she's got this going on, or, or whatever, right, and I'm just blowing off this steam, right, and, and, I, and I gall past her because I know he's going to give me good answers, but I, I'm blowing off this steam, I'm venting to him, right, then he, he lets, lets me say all this stuff, then he points me back to scripture, and then I got to repent, right? But you may say to yourself, well, why is, that, why is that a problem? You've gone to a good source, and you're seeking counsel and this and that. Well, the things that I've said about my wife, right, although they may be true what she did, where was my heart in that time? I can't believe she said this about me. Why would she ever do this to me? All I was trying to do was this. I, I am not building her up in that time. I am just blowing off steam. I'm speaking out of, out of control is what I'm doing. And if, if, that's the, if those are the only conversations I had with, with pastor or whoever I go to to confide in, I'm painting a poor picture of my wife in that time. Right? God, God has given us this, this ability to communicate, right? whether it be word or text or writing or even our body language, to speak the truth in love. That's why he has given us this ability to communicate, to be his representatives here on earth. Right, I am to do these things the way that he has called me to do them. In doing this, I have perverted it the, and, and with an intent to harm another image bearer, to, to harm my neighbor, to harm my wife, my better half, my, you know, I, that's what I've done. I have, I have not done, I haven't done it in control. Now, if I had gone to him and said, you know what, Pastor, uh, we had this situation come up and um, I, I want to make sure I respond properly. Tell me what I should do, right? Not venting, not just blowing off steam, not just throwing all this stuff out, out there out of emotion, but being controlled, being, being intentional with what I'm saying. There's a difference there, right? But it's a thin line, right? We have issues. I'm sure we've, you've heard this from other churches and stuff where a prayer meeting turns into a gossip session, right? Where it's like, oh, 
my husband, you got to pray for him, y'all. Pray for him. He is, he did it again, right? And, and you have those kind of conversations. That's, that's gossiping. That's slander. That is bearing false witness. That is not building up the church. It, it's, it, there's one way to do it, right? There's a, a, a godly way to do this. If I'm truly seeking the, the, to build up this person and to build me up, or, or am I doing this to, just to get, off, get this off my chest? Because someone else needs to know I was sinned against and I'm going to sin against them because they sinned against me. Right? Is, that, is that my intention? Right? There is a, a thin line between the two and we have to be careful. Now, you may not be like me, but I would, I would venture to guess that you've done that once or twice in your life. Now, this, once again, this is, this is speech. Not only is bearing false witness... Uh, lying, right? It's not just flat out lying, but it is also speech that is selfish and self-righteous, miserable and destructive. This, this slander, saying things that are even true, but without a godly manner in which we are presenting these things. These are violations of the ninth commandment. God has forbidden us from doing these things based upon his word. Now, th- these are the things that are, that are violations. What is required of us from this ninth commandment? If, if we've been told what not to do, what are we to do from what we see in the ninth commandment? <clears throat> well, as we mentioned earlier, protecting and promoting the truth between us and our neighbors is what is commanded of us, or excuse me, what is required of us within this commandment. Now, I want, obviously, I want to talk about that. What does it mean to protect and promote the truth between us and our neighbor? Let's look at Ephesians chapter 4, verse 25. And I think this gives us a, a good picture as to what is required of us from the ninth commandment in, in a New Testament context. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 25. Still hear some pages turning, so we'll give you a little time. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 25 says this. Therefore, having put away falsehood, let each one of you speak the truth with his neighbor, for we are members one of another. Having put away falsehoods, let each one of you speak the truth with his neighbor, for we are members one of another. So you ask, well, what is truth, right? This is, we're to speak truth. What is truth? Well, once again, Jesus tells us that he is the way, he is the truth, and he is the life. During his high priestly prayer, he prays that, that the Father sanctify us in truth, that his word is truth. This means that who God is, what he has spoken, and all that he does are all truth. That is what is true. Who he is, what he has done, and what he has spoken is truth. In uh, Jesus, in John, in John, in, in, in Hebrews, we hear that Jesus is the Word made flesh; that He is the exact imprint of God's nature. Uh, we, we know that truth is found in Jesus Christ, and what has been written about Him through the prophets and the apostles in all of Scripture. We see that that's who God is. So we we know that truth comes from God's Word. Second Timothy three sixteen and seventeen says this: All Scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. So what does this tell us about truth? We need to be in God's word. Right? How can we not lack or be complete and be uh, equipped for good works? By being students of God's word. By being hearers and doers of God's word. 
by reading God's word, by praying God's word, by sharing God's word, by discussing God's word with, with other believers, by making God's word our ultimate authority. Now, if God's word isn't our ultimate authority, what is the standard for truth? Right? Because we're going to have experiences that, that contradict each other. The, the, I may say the truth in, in relativ, relativism, which is the, the current standard for truth for today in, in today's society, is what's true for me is true for me, and what's true for you is true for you. But if your truth and my truth contradict each other, then somebody's wrong, if not both of us. Right? So when I say that, it, our, our experiences cannot be the basis of our truth. Right, they are real to us, but they are not the basis of truth. If, if I went to work or if I got 20 years of, of job experience and every job that I've ever had, I've always had horrible bosses uh, where they've either fired me or talked behind my back or just ran me through the mud. All I'm going to say, well, bosses are terrible. Right. That, that's truth for me. That, that's what's real for me. That all bosses are terrible. But if you're the person who goes to work and all your bosses have always been great and everyone's always loved you and you've always received every promotion, truth for you is going to be, well, bosses are great, right? So what, what's, what's truth, right? If that's true for me and that's true for you, what's ultimately true? Well, those are both real experiences. And once again, we cannot base truth off of our experiences. We base it off of God's word. What the truth is about that is whether we work for good bosses or bad bosses, my strength comes from Christ, and my contentment is found in him alone. So whether I have a good boss or I have a bad boss, I am working to the glory of God. That is the truth. That is the truth. It doesn't matter of good or bad bosses. It, what is true? I, I need to be seeking truth. Truth is found in God's word. That's what God's word is going to tell me. So what we know is through the truth of God's word and by the power of the Holy Spirit, we are able to not bear false witness but we are able to be faithful witnesses, true witnesses of God. That's, that's what we find out when, we are, when our standard of truth is God's word. So in conclusion, I do believe all of us have some work to do. I may not know you as personally as well as I know some other people, but I do know God's word is true, and we are all works in progress. God is doing some wonderful things in this church, seeing new faces, seeing people grow, seeing people uh, come under the conviction of, of sins in their lives and fleeing from those things, they're, they're all wonderful. And I, I'm, I praise God for being a part of a church where his word is proclaimed faithfully. People's lives are changed. We're seeing people come to salvation. People are joining the fellowship because God's word is being preached faithfully. I, I love that about our church. God has been good to us. But, but, right, with all that in mind, I'm going to give you the compliment critique sandwich, right? But... Uh, we are lying to ourselves if we believe we do not have the problem in bearing false witness, right? Because all of us from time to time will gossip, will slander, will vent to others, will put on that church face that we talked about, will flatter someone, will manipulate someone. We all do these things. We all do them. We, don't, we are not always fully giving an accurate account of every situation we've ever been in. That's bearing false witness, Right? We, sometimes we embellish the story to make it sound a little better. I want you to be on my side, so I'm going to kind of exaggerate this thing and downplay this thing. Right? We all do those things. That's, that's all of us. So we all bear false witness. We have all violated this commandment. We have all sinned against God. That's, that's where we all stand. We stand as violators of God's word. 
We have, God has set the line and we've transgressed that line. We have stepped beyond the parameters in which he has set. So if you are someone today who recognizes this, believer or unbeliever, now is the time to repent. Now is the time to repent of those things and to believe in the good news of Jesus Christ for the salvation of your soul. Right? Jesus is the only one who was able to do everything that he was called to do. Right? He was one who walked this earth and was without sin. He was tempted in every way and, and, and did not feel this, the stain of sin until the wrath of God was poured upon him, until he bore our sins and our iniquities for the things that we have done. Right? The good news of Jesus Christ is just that, that for our sake, God made Jesus Christ to be sin who knew no sin so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. That is the truth. That is what will set you free. Knowing that is what will set you free. Now, all of us are called to repentance, all of us. It doesn't matter, believer or unbeliever, God has called us all to repentance. We are to have the mind of Christ. We are to flee selfish desires and pick up our cross and follow him, do what he has called us to. So all of us need to do that. We must all trust him for our salvation, for the salvation of our souls. And he is faithful, he is true, and he will set us free from this bondage of sin that we are in. It is only through him. There is no other way. We can't rest in our own works. We can't rest in someone else's salvation. We can't rest in in anything outside of Christ. It is him and him alone. He lived the life for us. He came to be that example. He came to bear our weight. And our faith in him grants us this righteousness that he has. That is the beauty of the gospel. It, It is all grace. It is all mercy. It is all love from God to us as his people. So with that in mind and, and our, um, our sermon summary in mind, speaking the truth in love builds up, uh, bearing false witness tears down, I want to close with the reading of God's word. This is found, if you're still in Ephesians, this is the same chapter, but we're going to read verses 12 through 16. Ephesians chapter 4, verses 12 through 16. Let me go ahead and turn there as well. Ephesians chapter 4. Verses 12 through 16, or excuse me, 11 through 16. It says this, and he gave the apostles and the prophets, the evangelists and the shepherds and the teachers to equip the saints for the work of ministry, for building up the body of Christ. This is speaking to all believers until we all attain to the unity of faith and the knowledge of the son of God to mature manhood to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ so that we may no longer be children tossed to and fro by the waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by human cunning, by craftiness and deceitful schemes. Listen to this. Rather, speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in every way into him who is the head into Christ, from whom the whole body, joined and held together by every joint with which it is equipped, When each part is working properly, listen to this, makes the body grow so that it builds itself up in love. Now that is the word of the Lord. Let us close in prayer.